right, We're taking all, right. all the best old school wisdom and blending it with the top new school methods to bring you the optimal coaching strategies. This, this, this is the 8020 Baseball Podcast with Coach Bo. Welcome 8020 Baseball community. Welcome 8020 Baseball coaches. In today's episode, you're going to discuss how we can each do our part to help reduce those obnoxious coaches that are all too common in the youth baseball and youth sports communities. We're not going to be able to eliminate this, but I will share out a few tips that we can do to help turn this trend in a better direction within the things we can control. Also in this episode, we are going to take a look at a team that is winning at a high level using both old school and new school approaches. Also, we have a coaching quote of the week from one of the great coaches, from one of the great basketball coaches of all time. And we're also going to take a look at the success plan of one of the greatest youth coaches to ever coach. If you haven't already listened to last week's episode, go back, check it out. We talked about using and utilizing our greatest sidekick as a coach. And it's not another person. It's not a piece of equipment. And by utilizing this sidekick, by relying on this sidekick, by knowing that we have this sidekick at our disposal at all times as a coach, first, it's a big relief. Second, it can greatly increase the success rate the improvement rate of our players and our team. We did the coaching tweets of the month last month, five solid coaching messages. We talked about playing loose and losing less. And we talked about Freddie Freeman doing even better this year than he has in years past when he's had a lot of success. Really, the only difference is he's got that approach even better. His plan at the plate is even more dialed in. More specifically, he's swinging at better pitches than ever before. And one of my original listeners, one of the original listeners of this podcast, Coach Cosimo out there in Florida. Coach, I know, I know, Freddie Freeman is an LA Dodger, and I know you're emailing me saying, hey, where's the East Coast love? I do really, I really like a lot of the players out there on the East Coast, not just at the major league level, but we're going to talk about a lower level than the major league level than the professional level today, a team out there on the East Coast. I know, Coach, one of your favorite players is Luis Arares. I'm trying to say that, trying to pronounce that as close to as correctly as possible not the Americanized version of it. I'll work on that last name. That's a tough one. The double R. The accent on the A. A Z at the end. A couple of vowels slung together. A and an E. That makes that a tough last name to say in any language. But I know you're a big fan of Luis out there with the Florida. Sorry, check that. I don't want to date myself. The Miami Marlins. I'm going to break down Luis and some of the things that make him successful and things that we can use as youth baseball coaches with our players that he's doing to be as successful as he is. And again, I always try to filter it and translate it and transfer it to the game of youth baseball. So I look forward to doing that. I got another message from another coach who's been a long time listener over a couple years and reached out thanking me and thanking what we're talking about here on this podcast and it being a solid part of his team's success this year. They're buying into this, they're using it, and they've had a lot of success this year. So I appreciate those messages, those emails. Hey, this stuff works. 
Sometimes it works in the next game. Sometimes it works next month. Sometimes it works by the end of the season. And no matter what, a lot of the things that we discuss here on the 8020 Baseball Podcast are things that will work and shape our players for the rest of their life. They'll work long term. So 8020 Baseball, it's not a one-stop shop but it's one main hub. We're designed so coaches can come and get the vast majority of the strategies, the coaching methods, the mindset, the paradigm that you will all need to go out to the field and be successful. It's really designed to be the main hub for those coaches that are buying into the 80-20 baseball message, our principles, our foundation, our pillars, our path, our program, our template, which is essentially all the great wisdom that's out there in the baseball community, past and present, put together, packaged together, and conveyed and transmitted in a way that youth baseball coaches, all of you can take this and be super successful in an efficient way because it's youth baseball. Time is limited. Your time is limited. Resources are limited. And the level of skills has a lot more variation, has a greater variation than that at the higher levels. So 80-20 baseball, we're trying to be that main hub. And then what you can do is sprinkle in some other things. And with that, you should have no problem walking out there being a successful coach. One thing we're definitely not doing here is being partisan. And I'm going to discuss a combination of old school and new school approach a team's using right now to be very successful. Not a professional team, but a team you'll be seeing on TV at the College World Series at this year's College World Series. We're not trying to be partisan here. We're not trying to be nonpartisan. We're just trying to get the best of the best. It's like my take on music. And I'm sure a lot of you share this same approach with music, but I've come across a lot of people who don't. You might be going, Coach Bo, what are you talking about music for? Well, first off, y'all should be putting music out there during practice. You should be playing some music during practice. Maybe not all practice long or every practice, but why not? But you should definitely have some music going on out there at practice. In fact, we did an episode, I want to say about a year ago, and I gave that tip out. I said, bring a Bluetooth speaker, set the playlist and let it ride. And I received an email a few days after that podcast came out and a coach went out and did that. And one of the coaches with the 8020 baseball community went out and did that, played music and saw a difference, a positive difference. Is it going to make your team go from three and 17 to 17 and three? No, but it'll definitely make the experience more fun, things like that. So what I'm talking about here with music, I think a good approach to music is good music is good music. Good things on a baseball field, good coaching methods are good coaching methods. Great coaching methods are great coaching methods. Great music is great music. Doesn't matter the genre, doesn't matter if it's old school, new school, East Coast, West Coast, baseball lessons from Japan or anywhere else in the world. It doesn't matter. Good is good. Great is great. And that's how we have to look at it. So like the aforementioned area of life, music. The band that I enjoy listening to the most is called Revolution. They've been around for almost 20 years. They're a reggae, rock, jazz, fusion and their lyrics are clean uplifting positive i love me some revolution their concerts are amazing when i work out i go straight to metallica when i'm exercising when i'm working out in the garage metallica is on occasional alice and chains mostly metallica can't give me enough metallica when i'm working out i've probably listened to 90s country more than any type of music in my life in fact i have a 90s country playlist that i've been putting together top 100 playlist i have 88 songs on there i recently kicked off four songs in the past six months so i'm down to 88 it was 
92. Send me your top 90s country songs that you think I should have on there. If you're a 90s country fan, email me or direct message me on Twitter. Some songs I might be missing. I'll just say the criteria is really high. I'm also a fan of 90s rap. I do like 90s rap. I like uplifting positive lyrics, but I do like me some 90s rap. I like Queen, Freddie Mercury. Talk about talent. Huge fan of Queen. Jimmy Buffett. Huge fan of Jimmy Buffett. Bill Withers. Love me some Bill Withers. And another one that I really like, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. I'm a huge fan of Blood, Sweat, and Tears. That horn section. Wow. That's another level. Greatness. Things that are really great. That's what we want when it comes to coaching. We want to go and find what's great and use it. Great music is great music. Great coaching is great coaching. It may come from another sport. We're going to use it. If it's the best way to do it that we come across, and it's a completely different sport than baseball, we're going to use it. So I think our youth baseball coaching strategies need to come from the same place that think we should look at music. Great music is great music. Great coaching strategies are great coaching strategies. So I was at the swimming pool yesterday, the community swimming pool, and I got to talking to a few of my neighbors that I really like, some great people, raising some great kids, and I asked them how things were going, and the dad said, hey, we need to we gotta get together and have a, a talk about some things are coming across as two of their kids, a daughter and a son, are really diving in deeper into youth sports and sports in general. And something that came up, the dad said, hey, I, they had a experience in a recent game for their daughter's softball, their daughter's softball game, where two of the coaches, the two opposing coaches, almost came to blows. They almost started fighting at a 10-year-old softball game, a 10-U softball game. And it got me thinking, because I see videos all the time of this, and it's really disheartening. Actually, it makes my stomach hurt. It's about, you know, it's pretty sad when my stomach, my gut starts to have more more pain when I see something like that than it does from some kind of YouTube video where something happens where you see something like, oh, that's pretty bad or something like that. When I watch a youth sports game or a video of a youth sporting event where the coaches get out of line, out of control, that just makes my, uh, it just makes me cringe and it really is disheartening. And now you're going, well, coach, that's not me. Coach Bo, that's not how I'm doing it. That's not how we're doing it as a team or my coaching staff or my assistants and I, we're not doing it that way, but it's out there. And I thought about this. I said, you know, what can we do as coaches that are not doing that? What can we do? What's within our control to start reducing that, to start eliminating that? Well, I think first and foremost, one of my tips would be get into one of those board meetings for the league, get into one of those meetings of all the coaches and just be bold when it comes to speaking up against this. Be bold, be clear, be concise and speak up against it. Stigmatize it. I will say this, while we can get into these meetings, these board meetings or these league meetings, these meetings where all the coaches are getting together and we can speak up against it and we can stigmatize it, which I think is a great way to get these coaches that are doing it to reflect and look at themselves and see how embarrassing it is to act that way. We're not going to solve this problem completely, but we need to start doing some things to reduce it within our control. And I think we need to be proactive at these league meetings. We need to be proactive at the start and bring this up. 
And I think we should also propose rules across our league and in our area. We should start proposing rules that hold coaches accountable and then have consequences, such as you will be kicked out of the league as a coach. You will not be allowed to coach here if you do X, Y, or Z. Maybe you have a one warning on certain things and zero tolerance, automatic ejection, automatically kicked out of the league for certain things like fighting, of course physical contact. So I think we need to get in early and stigmatize it. We should lay down ground rules, get this stuff in writing. If your league doesn't already have it, and if it doesn't, reiterate it, continue to bring it up, make it a big point for your league in your area. Another thing you could do is tell the other coach of the other team, if you know that they have an issue with this or they're hot headed or they have a quick fuse, or you know that they're the kind of coach that acts a fool out there, why don't you just be up front with them? This would be the pregame talk. This would be at the pregame get-together before the game. You can go up to them while the teams are warming up, while your teams are warming up, or when you meet with the umpire at home plate. Just have a quick spiel ready to go and let them know. Coach, excited for today's game. Should be a good one. And you say, I'm sure this isn't going to happen, but you know we've been having problems in other games and across the league. If any coaches get out of hand, if any coaches don't act in a way that's fitting, in a way that models good behavior and respect for our players and for the umpires and the other team just say i'm going to take my team and we're going to we're going to go we're just going to go we're going to go get some pizza i'm not going to subject my team my players to an environment that is unhealthy like that. So you could say, start off by saying, hey, I'm sure this isn't gonna happen, but hey, we've had some issues. I've seen some issues. I'm not having it. My team's not having it. We're gonna walk out the field and go get pizza because that's going to be a lot better for our players, my kids, than seeing that or being surrounded or a part of that. And most of you know what I'm talking about when it comes to these coaching tirades, fighting, stuff that's just completely unacceptable. Now we can sit here and say there's this big problem and there's a lot of that. I see a lot of that in the youth baseball community. A lot of messages are like, this is a problem. What is going on here? And they post these videos. I want to start talking about actual things we can do. Now you can say, well, we can put it in the rules. We can put it in this, that, and the other. Yeah, that that's good. But until we start pulling our teams off the field immediately when this happens, it's going to continue. If we put up with it, then we're giving it the green light. We need to give it the red light. How do you give it the red light? How do you get this to stop? One, don't be part of the problem. Don't be that coach. And if you're here with 8020 Baseball and you've been here a while, you are definitely not one of those coaches because you wouldn't have bought into the message that we're talking about here. But we need to start taking our teams and saying, hey, be upfront with your team. Say, hey, it all starts with just being upfront. Be upfront with the other coach. Be upfront with the other team. I've talked about this at length with running up the score. Tell your team your job is to stop them from scoring runs. Their job is to stop you. Tell your team if they start scoring a bunch of runs, don't feel bad for yourself. Just get better. It's all good. Okay. Start scoring runs of your own. Start getting better. Stopping them from scoring runs. Tell the other coach that. Say, coach, you guys get up a lot on us. Don't stop. Now, maybe they don't pull out their trick plays and their crazy base running stuff and their crazy first and thirds and all that. Maybe they just play the game, but they play super aggressive and they keep trying to score runs within the parameters of maybe putting their trick plays and their fancy plays on the shelf. Be upfront with the other coach. Hey, we're going to keep scoring runs, playing the way the game is supposed to be played. We're going to keep scoring runs. You guys keep scoring runs. So nobody gets upset. If somebody starts running up the score, now that doesn't happen in a lot of games, but it does happen and it will happen every season. And I think it's very smart to be up front, tell the other coach, hey, we're going to do this. And the same thing with telling your team or the other coach, if any coach is out here, get out of line, we're leaving. If any coaches or any parents get out of line and don't check themselves immediately, I'm taking my team and we're leaving. I will not 
subject my kids, my players to any of that. They don't need to see that. They're 10 years old. They're nine years old. They're 12 years old. They don't need that. And I'm not going to put them in that environment. So you tell your team the same thing. You say, players, you could say this at the beginning of the year or before a game. If you know you're playing against a coach who's a hothead or had has had some issues, you could say, hey, team, if another coach start acting in a way that's not appropriate, we're going to leave. We're going to go get pizza. We're going to go do a slip and slide. If it's early in the game, we're going to go back to my house and we're going to do slip and slide, pizza and ice cream or a wiffle ball game or a dodgeball game or another 50 other awesome things that would be fun for your team to do that could be athletic, could have some kind of athletic component to it, competitive component, but also just fun. That is way better than subjecting them to these things that I'm seeing. Okay, but preface it. Say, tell the other team before the game starts. If, if anybody out here is not acting in a, in a way that's being a good role model for our kids and doesn't stop immediately when asked, we're out of here. So you are in control, not the umpire. They're in control of the game in terms of officiating and things like that. So this has got me thinking about how can we get the baseball community better? Well, we can talk about about it we can complain about it we can point it out and show videos and this that and the other make comments on it or we can actually start doing things that shift it and change it not eliminate it because here's the thing coaches and parents that act a fool like this and act completely out of line it's a symptom their behavior is a symptom it's a symptom of other things of other issues of other trauma in their life that they've had or it's a symptom of the really just a manifestation of the coaching that they received when they were younger. That's how they were coached. Maybe that's how they were parented. That's what they saw. They saw their coaches arguing, yelling, fighting, getting out of line, or they got some other issues in their life. Maybe they got a lack of sleep. Maybe they got another problem with drugs or drinking. I don't know. But people with a good foundation don't just walk out there. Coaches with good foundations don't walk out there. Parents with good foundations don't go out there and start fighting. They don't. Where you can start doing things that start to reduce it, or at least don't subject your players, your team, to these things. Now, does this happen every game? Of course not. It may not happen at all during the season. But I'm just giving you a tool for your toolbox, an answer to a problem, a possible solution. Be upfront with them. This is what's going to happen if anything like that happens. Have a plan ready to go, maybe something in your back pocket, another activity, something that you can pivot to with your players that they'll have a lot of fun with and they'll thank you later. Your job is to protect your players, not just from getting hit by a baseball bat and not just from getting hurt out on the field physically, but our job as coaches is to protect our youth players, these are kids, from an environment that is completely unnecessary. And you might say, well, Coach Bo, isn't that going to toughen them up? Yeah, well, that's not the time and place. Toughness doesn't come from exposing 9-year-old and 11-year-olds to violence or completely out of line adulting. I don't think that's the ticket. I think toughness comes from a lot of other places, but not that. In fact, I think you're going to get more trauma from that and a lot more issues and problems. And you're not going to reduce the actual events happening in today's time, in today's baseball community, unless we step up and say, hey, we're not going to put up with that. You want to be like that? Y'all y'all just have your own little game then. If you're going to act a fool, we're sorry. We're not going to be a part of that foolishness. And be blunt like that. And don't act Don't act passive. In, don't act. I think the key is not to be like apologetic, all right? Bullies, like these coaches that are trying to be bullies, you don't go fight them back. You just step up and say, we're not going to put up with it. That's foolish. It's foolishness. And we're not putting up with it. So you can have a meeting with the league set for strict ground rules. You could talk to the umpires in your area. 
and they could work with the league on having a quick trigger on coaches that act like this, you're out of here. I think it's good to start with the coaching discussion about it. At the end of the day, you just take your team and you go do something else. Go play a wiffle ball game. Go to Top Golf. If it's later in the game, just go get some pizza. Heck with the last two innings. Go get some pizza. Go get some ice cream. But my talk with my neighbor got me thinking about this, and I just wanted to plug it in. I know I got a little bit long there, but this is something that probably takes more time, and I'm going to be talking about this over the next month. We all need to do our part to start reducing and eliminating as much of this terrible behavior that the adults are bringing to the youth sports world. We need to do as much as we can, and I think we're not. I'm not pointing fingers at any coach that's listening, any of you that are listening. What I'm saying is we could be doing more. We could be doing more. If we don't speak up against this stuff, if we're not proactive setting up at least unwritten rules at a minimum before the game, definitely some written rules would be great within the league. They're very clear rules. Unless we start speaking up against this stuff, it's going to continue. Now, at the end of the day, what I think the, the ultimate leverage is, is like, hey, we're out of here. We're not putting up with that. We're not gonna, I'm not going to expose my players to that environment. Terrible role modeling. And put it like that. So that's completely out of line. You're not subject to stay there. You don't have to finish that game. You're trying to build better human beings. And you might say, well, coach, that just gives them an example of what not to do. Yeah, but if that coach does that kind of thing, or the other coach does that kind of thing, or parents do that kind of thing, and there's no consequence, or there's nothing that happens as a result of it, we're indirectly saying, hey, it's all right. It's good. It's okay. No, it's not okay. It needs to stop. Now, the best thing to do would be very proactive at the beginning of the year with your league and just be upfront. Hey, we can't have this in our league. If we do, the coach has got to go. Don't be soft on this. Just say, if a coach acts up or is out of line, they got to go. They start cussing at the umpire. Got to go. They're done. They're done. And if they physically get close or physically try to come at somebody, they're definitely gone. And somebody should call the police and have them arrested. And they should not be allowed on that field again ever. And that should be communicated well in advance. So it's not a surprise when it does happen. So I just got, man, I just, I was like 10 year old softball. I see this stuff going on in baseball, 12-year-old baseball. It's just, it's sickening. It really is because that is having a very negative impact on our community, our society, on our kids, on our society, on our culture. It's not getting better. Doesn't seem to be getting better, at least to me. So what are we going to do differently? I don't think we're just going to fix all these coaches that act like this. I don't think we're going to just rewire them. It would be nice if parenting across society steps up, continues to get better. Be nice if schools maybe start implementing some things that a little stricter on certain things, a little more accountability, responsibility. It'd be nice if some of the other parts of society would step up and start stigmatizing this more and sending the message that this is not going to, this is not going to fly. But within the baseball community, the youth sports community, that's where we can at least start to address it from our side. So I wanted to share with you a couple tips that you have. You're not defenseless on it. You're not at their mercy. You have the ultimate control. First thing I would do is have a couple of things lined up, ready to go. If anything like this does happen, hopefully you never need them. I hope you never need them. And for most of you coaches, you'll never need to go to these second options, these other options, such as taking the team and just going to get pizza, taking the team and going to Top Golf if you live near Top Golf, taking the team and doing something fun. Have a couple things ready to go. Now, if it's early in the game, this is where you might want to go do something active that could help their skills a little bit, but also be a team outing and have fun with it. So it's early in the game. You could say, well, let's go out practice over here. Let's go do a scrimmage. Maybe that would work. We're going to do a dodgeball game or like golf is a fun thing to do. Top Golf would be a fun outing. These are just examples. There's a 
plethora of other ideas out there. There's probably better ideas than those two that I just recommended. Basic one would just be go and have a pizza party. Maybe go have a pool party and get a volleyball game going or a wiffle ball game at somebody's house. I'll tell you what, wiffle ball, that's a lot of fun. And then tie in a pool party within a barbecue. Have something ready to go if it does happen. Hopefully you'll never need it. All right, now our coaching quote of the week ties in to what we just talked about. This is from Greg Popovich. Now, I don't see eye to eye with Greg Popovich on everything. He's had a lot of success. I know he's a professional basketball coach, so he's not a youth baseball coach. I totally understand. But there's definitely some things that he does really well and some messages that we can use to be better coaches. And here's one that ties into what we just talked about. Quote, the measure of who we are is how we react to something that doesn't go our way. End quote. Greg Popovich, the Spurs basketball coach quote the measure of who we are is how we react to something that doesn't go our way it's a big one and i think we can use this message and share this message with our players hey the measure of who you are as a person as you get older is how you react when something doesn't go your way or doesn't go our way see we're not going to people aren't going to judge people on or you really can't measure somebody when everything's going great but tell tell your players say hey you know how you measure if you're on the right path in life if you're on the right trajectory in life if you're on the right path of being a quality human being is how do you react when something doesn't go your way who are you as a person when something doesn't go our way that's that's a real true measure of who we are as people and as human beings and you can convey this to your players i've been around coaches that are super nice super kind Good to their players, good to the other coach, great to the umpire, calling them by the first name, asking them about their family. And then all of a sudden, something doesn't go their way. Bad call. And they turn into another person, Jekyll and Hyde. Well, the thing is, they're not really both. They're essentially just hiding that person. They're likely just masking that person who they really are that comes out when something doesn't go their way. But on the flip side, there are so many people in life when things don't go their way, they are so strong. They are so consistent with who they were before. They continue to be a great person. They continue to stay calm. They continue to be the person they are and have been even when things don't go their way. They don't become super negative. So the measure of who we are as coaches is how we react when the game doesn't go our way. So I thought it was a really great message by Greg Popovich. Something we can definitely learn from. The measure of who we are is how we react to something that doesn't go our way. Love it. It's a great one. Wake Forest University going to the College World Series. They're going to be at the College World Series this year blend of old school and new school. The head coach over at Wake Forest University is Tom Walter. He's been a head coach for about 26, I think 26 years. He's been around baseball a long time, but Wake Forest has a pitching lab. I was reading that they have 20 data tech, like a team, a support team, like a data team of 20. They literally have a front office data team, like a major league team nowadays has with all these kind of stats and data guys and gals. They are big time into utilizing technology. They're big time into utilizing strategies and techniques that are more new school, but they have an old school approach too. They have an old school coach in a way who's blended together the old school with the new school. At Wake Forest, they're a really high quality university, high quality athletic department in a lot of ways. Basketball was always good. Tim Duncan, I grew up watching him play over there. And their baseball team has always been pretty good. But this year, they're having a great season. Number one ranking in the country. Really good team all around. And I saw them starting to do this a few years back where they started going very much in on the new school approach with technology and data and stats that were a little different than the batting average stat, things like that. And if you look at their coaching staff, they have their 
head coach, they have their assistant coaches, and then they have their biomechanists, and then they have their pitching lab coordinator. They have a big team of data coaches, probably a lot of volunteer assistants, probably a lot of students that are part of the school that looking to be a part of the athletic program. Maybe I think what they can also do is sell it as a way to get to the major league front office is like, hey, come to school here at Wake Forest. You're not a baseball player, but you like baseball. You want to be in a front office. You want to help do that long term. We'll come to Wake Forest. We're the college version of that. And this could be your, where you grow in your learning grounds. And then you go to the, a major league front office and go from there. So it's interesting to see the success they're having blending the two together. It's really neat. And I also read something about their star pitcher, one of their star pitchers, and he's supposed to be a really high draft pick this year. And the story's pretty interesting. The coach that was coaching the kid in high school, I don't know if it was his travel ball coach or his high school head coach, he said to the, the you know, Wake Forest coach, he's like, hey, if you don't take this kid, this player, I'm not going to send you any more players because this player can help your team and will be the conference pitcher of the year before he's done at Wake Forest, which is a pretty bold statement, right? Most Youth coaches, high school coaches don't go out and put their word out there unless they can back it up. And the Wake Forest coach says, well, what makes him so great? I see some athletic, I see some talent there. And the high school, the youth coach said, hey, he's very competitive. He competes. So I think that really elevated him. And of course, he went on to be the conference pitcher of the year. All-American is supposed to be one of the top picks in the draft. And the competitiveness. And I think we can build a healthy competitiveness into our players by having healthy, fun competitions at practice. And I think that's something we should always do. I thought that was a nice little side note to that story. So blending new school and old school, working for Wake Forest. It'll be fun to watch them go up against some really old school programs and a few of the newer school type programs in this year's College World Series. All right, last part here. Bob Hurley Sr. So UConn just won, or not just, they won a few months back the college basketball championship. Well, Bob Hurley Sr., that's his son, who's the coach, Dan Hurley, over at UConn. His other son, Bobby Hurley Jr., was, of course, all of you know from Duke, or most of you know from Duke, two-time champion point guard at Duke for Coach K in the early 90s, and he's the head coach at Arizona State, a men's basketball coach over there. Well, UConn wins the national title this year with Dan Hurley as the head coach. He was a high school coach just over 10 years earlier, and then he won the Division I College Basketball Championship at UConn. Well, Bob Hurley Sr., his dad, was a high school and youth coach, a high school basketball coach, which I consider youth basketball. He's working with 15, 14, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, non-paid players from his area, from his local area, and he was probably one of the greatest coaches to ever coach. He's since retired, but he's probably one of the greatest youth coaches that is known across the country in American history. And here's something that he would put forth to his players. Here's three key things that he would put forth to his players. There's a great book, The Miracle of St. Anthony. There's a couple books out there on Coach Bob Hurley. Talk about old school. He gave his players every year a contract on the first day of school. Think of it as the beginning of the season for youth baseball. That they had to sign. They had to take home and sign. The parents must sign it as well. It had 20 expectations of them. 20 expectations. I've seen the list. They're all pretty legit expectations. As youth coaches, we wouldn't need 20, but you definitely should have a list of five to 10 expectations and the parents and the players need to sign it. And then moving forward, a couple of things he also did is everything in practice is game speed and everything is competitive. I don't think everything needs to be competitive in youth sports like youth baseball, like 10U, 9U, 12U. You know, I don't think everything needs to be competitive. I think players should compete with themselves to be better players, better versions of themselves every week or after every practice or as they move forward. But everything at practice is game speed. So you're talking about one of the winningest coaches in youth sports at the high school level in the history of the United States. I think he won like 26 
state championships, 24, just some crazy amount, like state championships. Most coaches are lucky to win five or 10 league championships. Those would be considered really good coaches in most areas. He won 20, I want to say it was 26, 25 or 26, had 83 game winning streak. And he didn't talk about winning the entire time. He just focused every day on getting better. He didn't talk about winning 83 game win streak, didn't talk about getting better. And he used to win with players that were not always the most talented players. He would routinely beat teams that had more talent. In fact, there was a year, I think he had like one player over six foot or something like, which is crazy for such a high level high school basketball. And you're going to get multiple players over six foot. And you're talking about a nationally ranked number one ranked national team. And I think he had one player. So it's just some crazy, like he was very under talent in certain years and just kept winning. It wasn't like he was just getting the cream of the crop every year coming in there. So the three things that really stood out with the St. Anthony way, he gave a list of expectations players and parents must sign before the season. He also followed through on those. That's the big thing. Not just having the list, but following through. Practices were at game speed and he didn't talk about winning. He talked about getting better. He did a lot more, but those are three of the main things that I want to share with you about Coach Bob Hurley Sr. And uh, yeah, one of the greats, one of the greats of all time. Speaking of great, it's always great being here with all of you. Next week, should player and team development be long range or short term focused approach? Should our approach to player development be more long range? Should it be all long term in terms of how we approach it? Or should our goal be to focus on the upcoming game, upcoming month, weeks, season, and really just hone in on that? Or if it's both, what's the priority? How much of both? So in next week's episode, we're going to dive into this. We will discuss coaching tips that will help us coach our players for both the current season, this current year, as well as the next level and the next levels. All right, stop by next week. We're going to dive into some coaching strategies that'll help give you a clear understanding of how to approach this so you can have players that are successful short-term and long-term without sacrificing either in the process. In the meantime, head over to 8020 Baseball. Got that free drill design guide, 8020baseball.com. Just put your email in, boom, it gets sent to you. You're not going to get spammed with a bunch of email. Follow on Twitter, 8020 underscore baseball, 8020 underscore baseball. Hey, support the podcast, but minimum, just leave a, a quick rating on your podcast app or review. Email me your success stories. I love getting those. Got a couple of those just this last week. Fires me up. It's good to hear. I want to be on that coaching journey with you. And until next week, take care of yourself, your health. Take care of your health, your mental health. Get your sleep so you're not one of those obnoxious coaches out there, right? Those coaches that are acting crazy, acting a fool, out of line. I really think they're not taking care of their foundations all right so let's take care of our foundations so we can be a high quality even keel coach for our players take care of your families your close friends and take this information out there and make your team environment your youth baseball environment a better place for all those involved until next week this has been coach Bo. adios this has been the 8020 baseball masterclass take it to the field